Welcome to the IEEE Rebooting Computing Podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. What does the future hold for visual recognition and complex computations? The IEEE Low Power Image Recognition Challenge, or LPIRC, to be held in Salt Lake City, Utah on June 18, 2018, addresses this and more when it comes to improving technology. In this podcast, Ryan Daly, LPIRC 2017 moderator, discusses the ins and outs of LPIRC and how, through this challenge, competitors are encouraged to use different ways of looking at power consumption and computational devices while using visual recognition to identify as many images as possible. Ryan also shares the long-term and short-term goals of LPIRC and how these goals could help to improve image recognition on mobile platforms. He also discusses what he sees for the future of computing, his views on artificial intelligence, and how he believes computing requires us to think outside of the box. The original idea behind LPRC was to have a way to improve technology um, and specifically visual recognition to a point at which um, visual recognition in these complex computations could be done by um, ambient energy, so like light or um, sound or any available ambient energy. Uh, so the, the goal of it now is really to sort of move in that direction um, by, by challenging uh, people to do visual recognition on images, uh, as many images as possible, and then uh, you, uh, minimize their power consumption um, as much as possible. So the idea really behind it is to um, sort of encourage people to use uh, different ways of looking at power um, consumption in computational devices, different ways of looking at conservation of energy and use of processing power, uh, specifically for like neural networks and computer vision. Yeah, so I've been involved with LPRC um, just this last LPRC. I was the, I would guess you would call me the referee or the uh, organizer of the actual system that was used to score the participants. So I set up uh, the server and I um, helped uh, to set, send and receive the images from the server and make sure that the participants were using the appropriate um, uh, technology and they weren't offloading any of the computation to other servers or if they had any hidden batteries or something like that. So we had to make sure all the rules were being followed and then we basically facilitated the, um, the server that sent and received the images for the competitors. Previously, um, we had some different kinds of tracks in LPRC um, that were more focused on um, different types of tests. So one year we had one that was basically uh, required use of a camera and it, the camera had to look at the image on the screen and then do the image processing through that. So it's basically a different medium of transferring the visual information to the uh, computational device. Um, and then currently we basically ask them to send and receive the images using HTTP requests. The, the competition has kind of evolved and we're looking to change it and upgrade it next year. Um, this was the first year we have actually had someone return all 20,000 images in the data set to us and uh, have some level of accuracy when doing that. And so we are kind of looking at how we can kind of change it to make, make sure to include the system aspect of the, of the designing um, of, the, of the processing and also to 
uh, encourage uh, new types of um, uh, processing to be used and stuff like that. It's basically a session in a room. Um, this year is during CVPR, which is the Conference on Computer Vision and Pattern Recognition. And we basically asked the participant to come in. Um, there were, I think, 13 or 14 participants this year. And they have as much time before to prep, and they can uh, basically train their own unique computer vision model however they want, and they can use whatever hardware they want. The only requirements is that they allow us to connect to it and monitor the power that they use, and that they can send and receive HTTP requests. So as long as their solution follows those constraints, um, then they can submit it. And so we had 13 or 14 solutions um, this year. And so we had uh, me and one other student, John Lehman, uh, helped uh, run the actual competition. And then Professor Liu uh, was basically in charge of, like, actually, he created the competition. So he basically ran the competition. Um, and we just did the, the nuts and bolts work, I guess, of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so um, like I said, the long-term goal of the competition is really to use ambient energy to do these kinds of computations. But I think short-term, um, it can be very beneficial just for mobile systems, um, for incorporating image recognition in cell phones or tablets or mobile devices in general, um, and making that, that these computations more energy efficient can have huge ramifications in, in that area. Um, so, like, it, it, we've had interest, you know, of actually just starting um, to use just cell phones. So this year we had someone um, use just a Samsung Galaxy to try and the, the to try and um, do image recognition for the competition, and it didn't work out well. Which actually, you know, it's 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 a testament to the sort of um, problems or not necessarily problems, but the improvements that could be made in um, image recognition, especially on mobile platforms. So, and, and there is interest in it. Like uh, you saw Apple come out with their, you know, specialized FPGA for um, facial recognition on their phone. And so there is interest in this, this image processing in a mobile way. And I think that this innovation will help encourage that and uh, move that forward. Um, I think that's a really interesting question. I think that it's hard to um, say. I think that, firstly, I would like to say that it's been talked about for a long time that, you know, physically the, the, um, the cost and the, um, just the physical limit of, of transistors is, is qu quickly approaching. And, but I think that, um, especially coming to this conference, it gave me an interesting view on how people are approaching these sorts of problems. Um, because the end of Moore's law does not necessarily mean the end of computing. And I think that's important. And I think that um, the people here are really thinking about how to actually take that to the next step and actually um, design circuits that are not reliant on um, transistors or you know some of these neuromorphic systems and stuff, which is stuff that I actually I did not even think about um, before I came here. But I think that it's, uh, it's very interesting that People are actually actively trying to trying to go beyond Moore's law rather than just lamenting at its approach. I think that they're actually looking for ways that they can make make computing better without worrying about Moore's law. If that makes sense. Um, 
So my, uh, my work has primarily been in uh, software and visual recognition um, and image recognition and um, also in large-scale data collection. Um, and so for, uh, for me, I primarily focus on like um, databasing and um, improving um, basically Im the image recognition pipeline so that uh, there's a slower or a faster development cycle um, for image recognition and being able to apply it uh, because I think it's, it, it is proving to be very useful in a lot of areas. And I think that the quicker that we can develop solutions in um, sp application specific areas, uh, the more quickly it will be um, embraced. And I think that, you know, to some extent, the artificial intelligence uh, is overhyped. That's something that's, I think, talked about a lot here at uh, ICRC. And um, I, th I think that's true. Um, we're definitely starting to get to the point where we're you know, going to under-deliver on the whole AI thing. And so I think it's interesting that we're taking the steps to kind of um, to rethink about types of computing and the ways that we approach some of these problems. I think this is kind of an experimental conference in a way, because it's, it's really made me think about like, you don't have to necessarily be in a box or like you know, conform to um, the way uh, that it has been done. Um, you can really think outside the box and try and apply completely different things to the area of computing. And I think that's interesting. Um, and that, that interests me. Um, I, I don't have any experience in that, but it is interesting. It's a, it's a very eye-opening experience, I think. Well, and it's, it's also interesting to see, like, because um, I've kind of somewhat younger, um, I guess, in terms of, um, I've got to see like several cycles and I think the cycles, this like system of cycles is increasing in uh, frequency uh, because we're like, we hit like the, you know, the cloud computing and the internet of things and then we kind of hit this, um, this uh, virtual reality and the AI um, kind of came back. And it's like got way overblown and way over talked about and everybody's super excited about it. Um, but it's not, it's not really something that is going to turn out, I think, like a lot of people think it's going to. I think that uh, this conference is, is really important and it was really interesting to me. Because uh, like I said, I came in with no understanding of neuromorphic computing or, um, you know, quant well, some understanding of quantum computing. But like the, there's no... Um, there's no constraints, I think, on this, on what these, what the people here are thinking about. Um, uh, and uh, if there are constraints, it's just because there, there has to be like some way of investigating these things. Um, and I think that taking computing to the next level really requires you to um, think outside the box. And so even if you know you don't come up with the next um, com computational structure or whatever. I think sometimes experimenting in these areas and thinking about these things and applying um, different technologies to solve different types of problems um, is, is really valuable and really useful. And um, just the way that you integrate like biology and, and um, technology and, and the design aspect um, all into um, one kind of uh, uh, effort to solve computing is, is very, very interesting. It's a very different type of uh, 
way of looking at these problems. And I think that that's the most important thing that can be gained um, from this sort of conference is that while the technologies may never come to be what we think or thought they were going to be, like AI or whatever, um, it's still important to look and, and think about them and uh, think about the ramifications and the effects that they may have. And I think this, this uh, computational conference is uh, probably more than, than just that. It's, it's more, um, like I said, it incorporates a lot of different areas. And I think that it's um, good for engineering in general to just be able to think outside the box. Thank you for listening to our interview with Ryan Daly. Discover more about the IEEE Rebooting Computing Initiative and listen to other podcasts in this series by visiting our web portal at rebootingcomputing.ieee.org.